Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. The India Supreme Court is helping some of the churches who were burned for their faith in Jesus. 129 Muslims are arrested for burning churches in Pakistan. We interview Hannah Hill on self-defense from gunrights.org. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. Are you ready to pray the news with us? Here's our first story. The Supreme Court of India has now issued a referring of a court case to another court that can help, especially of the churches that are recently burned in Manipur because of their faith in Jesus Christ. India Legal Live reports, the India Supreme Court last week Friday directed the Maitai Christian Churches Council of Manipur to approach the Committee of Retired High Court Judges who could hear a case and provide resolution and even restoration of the churches which were damaged during the ethnic violence in Manipur. The Supreme Court, the bench led by Chief Justice of India, D.Y. Chandrachud, told the council appearing for the churches to serve a copy of the petition to the state government as well as to the judges committee. Appearing for the churches was a senior advocate, Hazufa Ahmadi, and he contended that neither the group of churches nor the state government did anything uh, to prevent, excuse me, uh, neither the state government nor the federal government did anything to prevent the destruction of 240 churches in Manipur. Now, our confirmation is that most of those churches belong to the Kuki tribe, over 200 of the churches were not Maitai churches, but now the Maitai churches were also burned, and those are getting relief. During recent communal and anti-Christian clashes, when Hindu rioters burned the Christian churches. The lawyers are argue that the church properties and their grounds were being used for other purposes. But in most cases, the title documents of the looted or torched buildings along with church properties and petitioners, no longer have any documentary evidence in their possession. Even the county records of who owned those buildings has been torched. He said if the conversion of church properties for use uh, of other communities was not stopped immediately, that the petitioners may not be in a position to retrieve them at all. Now the Hindus are repurposing the surviving buildings for their own Hindu uses. The attorney sought immediate action against further desecration of other church properties and their preservation. He seeks permission for Maitai Christians, not just Kuki Christians, of the two different warring tribes there, to congregate and pray at their own church properties under police protection. The petition alleges that help was never extended to the churches by the government, although state authorities are coming up with several schemes for rehabilitation and compensation. It points out that 
even the directions passed by the Supreme Court to provide relief and restoration for the destroyed places of worship have not yet been complied with by the Manipur state government. The churches uh, say that even if writ they had written to the governor of the state of Manipur, bringing it to his notice, the rampart looting and destruction of church property are seeking immediate intervention. However, no response was received. The state governor is not helpful. The petitioner also said that made a representation to the union home minister, the secretary of ministry of home affairs, the chief minister of Manipur, uh, highlighting the destruction of 240 churches from various districts and seeking inquiry into the cause of those destructions, but still no response was provided about these matters. That's the news. Our thanks to India Legal Live for that report. Uh, listen, we've had our Manipur expert, John Podiati, who was a guest on this program, and he confirms now it is actually the Kuki churches, not the Maitai churches that are being destroyed. The, the warring tribal interests here are that most of the Maitais are Hindu, most of the Kukis are Christian, so the majority of churches destroyed were Kuki churches, not Maitai churches, but, but here's the irony. The Maitai Hindus are killing the Maitai Christians. The Mai Tai Hindus are burning the Mai Tai churches. So it's not tribal violence at all. It's anti-Christian violence. When they say, oh, they're just warring political interests, warring tribes, they don't even speak the same language, that is a lie. It is Hindus killing Christians in India that we are exposing through this report. We encourage and pray for the Christians there. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3, even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. Let's pray, would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we pray for an end to the violence in India against the Christians. We pray the government, the federal government would step up and, and stop, that the state government of Manipur, the governor himself would stop the violence against Christians, and that religious freedom and tolerance would be uh, provided, especially to those in the minority tribes. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a short break. When we come back, 129 Muslims arrested for burning churches in Pakistan. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. We're here in Israel, in literally the scene of all of the holy sites, like the Via Dolorosa, where Jesus carried his cross, the garden tomb where he was raised from the dead, the Sea of Galilee, where he taught the disciples. And I prayed, Lord, how can I bring this inspiring environment into your living room? And what we've produced is a four DVD disc set with the entire Gospel of Matthew. I teach every verse in all 28 chapters of Matthew in short 12 minute segments. So you can understand the exact words that Jesus taught from the exact location where Jesus lived. Pick up the phone right now and call us at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D for a suggested donation of just $50. We'll give you all four discs, the entire Gospel of Matthew, or you can write to us at the address on your screen or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. You're gonna love this Bible teaching. Pick up the phone and call us today. I'm Dr. Chaps. You know, Jesus taught the parable about sowing the seed and you don't want it wasted. You want it to grow with 30, 60, 100 fold for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. 
I'll tell you three mission areas that we're doing here at Pray In Jesus Name. I think our charity does more with less than any other charity I know. We are fertile seed. For example, number one, we pray in millions of television homes every day or every weekend on eight networks. We have 2.5 billion home TV impressions every month. The second area, we feed orphans and children in some of the poorest slums overseas. We're building a new vocational school, we're digging wells, and we're serving the poor when you give to pray in Jesus' name. Number three, we defend religious freedom, especially for our troops and our chaplains. We've now helped send five million petitions to Congress. We've helped change bad laws or policies in 13 states and four times in federal law. You know my story as a former Navy chaplain, standing up for the right to pray in Jesus' name and defending religious freedom. Would you donate today? In fact, we want you to come up monthly pledge sponsor. When you visit PrayInJesusName.org, on the right side, click the monthly pledge sponsor button at PrayInJesusName.org. Your monthly gift will help change the world in Jesus' name. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. Our next story comes from Associated Press who reports, 129 Muslims have been arrested for burning churches in Pakistan. AP reports police arrested 129 Muslims after a mob angered by an alleged Quran desecration. The mob attacked a dozen churches and nearly two dozen homes of minority Christians, burning some of those homes. Police also arrested two Christian men accused of defacing Islam's holy book, as if that's a crime against a book, against a piece of paper. The alleged desecration of some verses of the Quran set off an angry response and the violent rampage by rioting Muslims happened last Wednesday in Jarawala, causing Christians to flee for safety to places in the Eastern city as the mob inflicted one of the, one of the country's most destructive attacks on Christians in recent memory. The city police chief, Bilal Mahmood, said the officers arrested Raja Amir and a friend who were accused by local Muslims of tearing pages from the Quran, in, uh, writing insulting remarks on other pages and then throwing the book on the ground. They didn't even burn the Quran, they just wrote in it and threw it on the ground. And that caused the angry response. The riot now confirms that at least 129 rioting Muslims who burned the Christians homes, destroyed their churches, and have now been arrested by the secular police force. The secular police chief, Rizan Khan, said 129 have been arrested and suspected rioters and the situation is now under control. Although authorities summoning soldiers to restore order and the Christian residents are slowly now returning to their homes to find them burned to the ground. Shazia Ahmad said that she, one of the victims, wept outside of her burned home. She said, quote, we were sitting at home when suddenly we heard that a mob is coming and it is burning homes and attacking churches, end quote. She said the mob burned household items and furniture and that some of her possessions were stolen while she was staying with her family in a safer area. Other Christians described similar ordeals and 
expressed bewilderment. But Azim Masi wept as she sat outside of, as he sat outside of his home, which was one of several buildings burned on the street. He said rioters brought in vehicles to haul away Christian household items. They looted the Christian homes before burning them and burned the furniture and other belongings. He said, quote, why did they do it to us? We had not done anything wrong, end quote. A local priest, Khalid Mukhtar, said that he believed most of Jaranwala's 17 churches were attacked and his own home was damaged. Government officials say that all of the damaged churches and homes would be repaired within a week, and those who suffered losses would be compensated. But that restoration and the, those losses have not yet been completed or fulfilled as of this report. The violence drew nationwide condemnation and caretaker Prime Minister Anwarul Ul Haq Kakar, say that five times fast, uh, he ordered the police to ensure rioters were arrested. The police force uh, said that the mob was quickly gathering and began attacking churches spontaneously along with burning Christian homes. That's the news. Our thanks to Associated Press for bringing us that important report from Pakistan. We all see, and politically, Pakistan is a nuclearized nation with a secular government, but a Muslim, largely, population. And so when, when the Muslim population gets angry, because some Christian wrote some words in the Quran and then threw the book on the floor, that causes riots against the innocent Christians who did nothing of the sort. Why do you burn 17 churches when one person maybe offended you? Clearly they don't share our values in, the, in America. We have the right to be offended. The First Amendment Constitution doesn't protect the easily offended ears of the listener. It protects freedom of speech and freedom of religion and even freedom to offend people. That's the American Constitution, but over there in Islam, no, it's the, the victims who are offended get the right to destroy the churches and, and the Christians. That's not right. We're praying for more peace in Pakistan. The Bible says this in John 15, remember the word that I said to you, said Jesus, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, Jesus, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Let's pray about this, would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we do pray in Jesus' name for safety and peace among the Christian people in Pakistan and in all minority places where Christians are outnumbered and persecuted and sometimes killed and their churches and property damaged. Father, we pray that you would restore them, that you would protect them, and that you would end the demonic violence against them in Jesus' name, amen. Take a short break and we have Hannah Hill with gunrights.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. I wanna introduce my friend, Mike Lindell, who wants to help support our ministry and the work of PIJN News. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Well, I think everybody out there, y'all need to get behind Pray in Jesus' Name's ministry. Dr. Chaps here, but this great ministry needs your support and you, can, you should donate to it. You can also use your promo code PRAYNEWS and anything you're getting from my pillow with big discounts, 
a lot of those proceeds are coming right back. I'm going to put them right back into this, into your amazing charity and show. My employees and I are excited to announce it's our 20th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're bringing you a limited edition MyPillow. The Giza Elegance MyPillow is made with the most amazing cotton. Two-inch pipe gusset comes in four custom loft levels, and it's machine washable and dryable. When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported in line. That's why we've been around for 20 years because MyPillow works. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, only $19.98. With my 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Over the last 20 years, with all your support, we've been able to not only launch the original MyPillow, but also the MyPillow mattress topper, Giza Dream bed sheets, My slippers, and the MyPillow bath towels. But there's so much more. In fact, we have over 200 products, and I'm so confident that you'll love each and every one of them that when you go to MyPillow.com now, you'll immediately receive a free gift valued at $20 just for checking out the website. No purchase necessary. Get everything from my pillow blankets, sleepwear, kitchen towels, mattresses, duvets, pet beds, body pillows, comforters, couch pillows, bathrobes, and so much more. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. And remember, just for checking out mypillow.com, you'll immediately receive a free gift valued at $20. No purchase necessary. This is a limited time promotion, so go to mypillow.com now. Stay tuned for the end of our show to learn how to partner with this ministry. Here's Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined now by Hannah Hill, who is, uh, what is your title? You're with GunRights.org, and what is the group? So I'm the executive director of the National Foundation for Gun Rights. So we're the lawsuit shop for the National Association for Gun Rights. We file lawsuits to overturn bad gun laws all over the country. National Foundation for Gun Rights. Uh, and gunrights.org will get you to both organizations. It will but, get you to both organizations. But people donate to your foundation so that you can finance lawsuits against who? For what? So finance lawsuits against, in many cases, state governments who have passed anti-gun laws. So one of our, sort of our signature lawsuit is overturning semi-automatic gun bans and standard capacity magazine bans all over the country. So we have seven lawsuits to do that, um, all of which are filed against the state government in those states. So we have two here in Colorado. Um, one is to overturn the 2013 Colorado magazine ban. So we filed that against um, the state government here. Is and that case still ongoing? That case is still ongoing. We are headed for a trial in the district court. So looking forward to that. Um, that's, that's chugging along. This is not the first time we've filed a lawsuit against it. Um, we actually appealed that case to the Supreme Court. Uh, the Supreme Court declined to take it. But then last year, we got the Bruin ruling. We got New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. And basically, they kind of rewrote the test for Second Amendment cases. They said, you can't do the interest balancing tests that the lower courts were doing. 
You can't run a cost-benefit analysis on the Second Amendment. Say, okay, well, here's the Second Amendment over here, but then over here what we have is the public safety angle, and we think the public safety angle outweighs the, the rights angle. That's what the lower courts were doing, and that's why they were basically just ignoring everything that the Second Amendment said. So the Supreme Court said you can't do that anymore. They said it's a constitutional right, and you have to look at the text, the history, and the tradition of that right. So wow, that's a big victory. It was a huge victory. At the federal level, but how does that affect your Colorado lawsuit? And what's the second one? Okay, so the way that affects our Colorado lawsuit is now we have more ammunition to go after the magazine ban again. So when we refiled that case against the, to overturn the magazine ban, now the courts have to actually take our case and they have to say, okay, well, does the magazine ban A, does it violate the text of the Second Amendment? And if it does, then they say, is there any precedent in the history and the tradition of the Second Amendment to uphold something like a magazine ban? The answer, of course, is no. There isn't anything no. like that because the Founding Fathers didn't do that sort of thing. So that means that we have a much better case this time of overturning and striking down that magazine ban. So that's the first case in Colorado. Second one, so there was a group of four local governments last year, right before Bruin, actually, they passed local assault weapons bans, so bans on semi-automatic firearms. So those four local governments, we filed a lawsuit against all of them. We were able, later able to combine that into one. And right after the Supreme Court's Bruin ruling, we got the first temporary restraining order blocking the enforcement of one of those gun bans. That was the first post-Bruin win after the Supreme Court's ruling. And so we were like, okay. So tell me about the second lawsuit in Colorado. Right. So. Right before the Supreme Court's Bruin ruling, a group of local governments, um, Superior, Boulder, Boulder County, Louisville, here in Colorado, had all had all passed individual ordinances banning semi-automatic firearms, so-called assault weapons bans, at the local level. So now that we had the Bruin ruling, uh, we went after those. We filed a lawsuit against each one of those, and. Shortly thereafter, we got a temporary restraining order blocking the enforcement um, of the assault weapons ban in Superior. That was the first post-Bruin win in the country, to our knowledge. And it was issued by an, uh, an Obama judge. So, and again, that was because the Supreme Court had issued their Bruin ruling, and they are like, okay, it's been taken out of our hands now. If we're going to enforce the Supreme Court's precedent, a gun ban cannot stand. And the other counties kind of backed down and said, we'll, they did. we'll give you a stay they until did. a works through the courts. So we were able to kind of combine all four of those into one, and as a part of that deal, all four of them, because they saw which way the wind was blowing there, all four of them agreed to suspend the enforcement of their gun bans for the duration of the case, So, which was a really big deal. So that we were able to succeed in blocking, and so the case is going on on the merits, and hopefully we'll get them struck down. So now this is going to be applied in other states. Yes. You're working nationwide. We are working nationwide. So we got those initial wins in Colorado, and we were like, okay, we've got something here. So we started looking at the other areas where there were entrenched gun bans. Our goal was one per federal circuit. That So when there wasn't one that was already being litigated against, uh, we filed a lawsuit against it. So I actually just got back uh, recently from Connecticut or earlier this past weekend. So. We had our oral argument, our first day in court, in our lawsuit against Connecticut's assault weapons ban. So that was passed in 2013. That was following the tragic Newtown massacre. Um, Connecticut and New York, right beside it, they both passed gun bans. They took advantage of that tragedy to blame the actions of a psychopath on law-abiding gun owners. And they did that, uh, took advantage of that to pass gun control. So wait, the way that leftist legislators punish the criminal 
is not to punish the criminal at all. It's to punish the law-abiding citizens right. who are trying to defend themselves against the criminal. That's right. And in the meantime, they're also passing really bad criminal justice laws that basically empower the criminal and they don't, you know, on the street. And then at the same time, they're taking away the law-abiding citizens' ability to defend themselves. So it's a really topsy-turvy situation you have out there. And honestly, we're seeing it in a lot of states. So at the time when they passed that 2013 ban, we said, we told our members, we will be back to litigate against this and overturn it in court. And now that the Supreme Court has given us a precedent we can use, we're keeping our promise. We went back there, we filed a lawsuit to overturn it, and we just had our oral arguments there at the district court level. Um, we don't think that's a friendly judge. We anticipate probably, probably she'll rule against us, but you know, with cases like that, they're never decided at the district court level. Whoever loses is gonna appeal it, so. How can our viewers support you? What do you want them to do with the foundation? to help enforce the Constitution, the Second Amendment, and win some of these lawsuits. Right. Well, if they wouldn't mind visiting gunrights.org and looking for ways to get involved, probably the biggest ways to donate. Um, so obviously, somebody's got to pay the legal bills. We're not backed by Bloomberg. We're not backed by massive billionaires, you know, cutting us, basically underwriting our entire legal program. Uh, we and they're were, on the other side. They're, they're funding against you. Right. So, and in some of our lawsuits, it's like our one attorney, one or two attorneys, against like 20 many of which are backed by the national anti-gun groups like Bloomberg and Everytown and all the rest of them. So um, it's literally a David and Goliath fight and we rely on the support of small donors all over the country um, who give what they're able to give to protect our Second Amendment rights. I like it. So sign me up. I want to support gunrights.org. This has been Hannah Hill. Uh, our website is pre Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. The Bible says this in James 1, that pure religion before God and the Father is to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. You know, we have been sponsoring up to 259 orphans and children in one of the poorest states in India for many years, but now there is a famine of biblical proportions happening because of the unemployment there. We are sponsoring people who otherwise cannot feed themselves. We've given over $10,000 to feed up to 100,000 meals to the poorest of poor in one of the poorest states in the world. We need your support. We need your financial contributions. Can you help us? There's somebody out there watching who could give $1,000 or even $10,000 toward a matching gift for what we have already provided. Please donate today. PrayInJesusName.org is our website. Or you can call us at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please help us feed the poor today. Maybe you've enjoyed our program and you're wondering, how can we support Dr. Chaps with our tithes and offerings? We've made it so easy right now. You don't even need to go to the website. Just use your smartphone and text the word DONATE to 720-573-0305. You don't even have to get out of your chair. Just pick up your smartphone right now and text the word DONATE to 720 720- 573-0305 and you will help us bring you these programs. God bless you in Jesus' name. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Thank you for watching. We need your donations today, large or small, when you visit PrayInJesusName.org. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, each one must give as he has decided to give in his heart. Don't give reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Please give cheerfully and generously today through our website, PrayInJesusName.org. 
If you need prayer or to give by phone, call us at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.